Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. This evening, my co-host is the fabulous Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I was you? hoping that you weren't going to, like, forget who I was. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so, how are you? I am peachy keen, jelly bean. Peachy keen, jelly bean. Yep. Oh, 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 now it's... What's shaking? What's happening? What's new? Anything? Oh, well, uh, what is shaking? What's happening? Well, let's see. Shaking and happening. Shaking and happening. Um, <laughs> I was shaking when I was in the shower. That was kind of happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. What? Not much, really. I mean, not a lot has changed. I mean, it's that's all kind of the same, which is good. That's good. You getting ready for the holidays? Yeah, I, everything's all set up. Everything's all, um, all, uh, all decorated and that kind of crap. And so, <laughs> are you uh, a Grinch? No, not so much. I, I've, I, you know, and you know, people I know are going to hate me when I say this, but I could take, you know, Christmas. I can take it or leave it. Yeah, I hate to say it, but but I I could take it or leave it. Well, that's for any holiday, really, you know. And um, uh, just you know, I I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't have the same magic to me that it used to when I was a kid. Oh, of course not. You know, of course not. It doesn't. It's never going to. And I understand that too, because I kind of get grinchy. I'm called the Grinch every year, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, why are we decorating the house? We're not having Christmas here. Why bother? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know it's coming. <laughs> but whatever. You know, that's just, you know, it's sneaking up. I'm almost done shopping. I have a little bit left to do. You but. know, see, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I find Christmas shopping stupid. Well, I have nieces. I don't find the point for. in it. You know what? It, for me, Christmas should be you know let's just spend it with the kid, spend it with our families, have lots of good food and lots of good cheer. I don't care about the material things. Just don't care about it. I hear you, but that's what made Christmas some fun when you were little. Were were, were the, the, the material things that you got when you were a kid? So it's just kind of just putting that smile on. You know, a kid's face is great, which reminds me of something that anybody who's listening can do. Um, if you are interested in sponsoring a child, you can go to dadtheaidsbearproject.com, and under his, uh, I believe it's Teddy Bear Touchdowns, you're able to click there and you can sponsor a child. It's $25, and um, it'll, um, you know, give presents to children who are living with HIV and Okay, and so, so, so there, there. That makes it more meaningful. Yes. But, uh, you know, eh, eh. But, but, but you can go there, and anybody can go there, it's $25, and you can go and make the day of a child, you know, living with HIV. You know, and I think it's important. And, you know, Dad does great work there with his Dad the AIDS Bear, and I think that, you know, it's something that any, you know, it's not expensive. It's something that anybody can go and donate and, and, and put a smile on somebody's face, and it makes you feel good when you do something like that for, for a child. Eh. Uh, you know, you know I like, think, eh. frankly, frankly, kids, kids ought to be um, just, you know, they, okay, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of with Newt Gingrich on this one, right? What are those little bastards doing other than sucking up the resources that we're trying to come up with, they need to earn their own living. 
eliminate these stupid child labor laws. They have little hands for a reason. It's to get those little itty bitty, nice little tight stitches into sh- into into shoes. I, I, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> You're too much. And and let the hate mail come through. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you Folks. can tweet him at positively speaking <laughs> with all your tweets, please. Uh, so for people who are listening for the first time and may be tuning in, they may be thinking they're tuning into a show that um, they may think they're tuning into the wrong show. So just to tell back so people do understand that we are, uh, you know, a show that's here every Sunday and we help kind of bring hope to people living with HIV, allowing um, Oh, is that what we're to, doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing, spreading hope. Our, our dose of hope every hour is a dose of hope. You got to get it. <laughs> oh. You got to get it. Okay. okay. So, Here I um, thought we and, were destroying it. <laughs> we're trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tonight um, we'll be speaking with uh, a gentleman by the name of Aaron uh, a little bit later. But um, one thing I did want to bring up is this Hershey issue that's going on. Um, I think we may have talked about it last week. I think we did. Um, and I just kind of wanted to um, kind of bring it up again because some people don't know about it. And, you know, maybe some people are listening tonight who don't listen to the show regularly and may not have heard about it. But, um, you know, the Hershey School, it, it, I don't know the specific name, but I just know it's called the Hershey School. Am I correct? Is there a specific yep. name for it? No, I don't High remember. Or something. Whatever it is. It's some school up in Hershey, Are you going PA. down the Hershey Highway, baby? <laughs> yeah. Up in Hershey, that Bro. is um, basically not allowing a 13-year-old honor student to come in and be a student at the school because he is HIV positive. And the really rude and, I think, bitchy superintendent or the lady who speaks for um, the school. Um, the principal. Really I believe she's the yeah, principal. She's a bitch. She's a bitch. Yeah, she really is a bitch. I mean, it's it's like the reason for it was because we're afraid that he's going to have unprotected sex with our students. That was one of the stupid comments that the woman made. Right. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, mean, I, I could understand, like, because people are like, oh, they're 13, they don't have sex. But, yeah, actually they do have sex. But I think when you know of the situation, if you know somebody's HIV positive, it's easier for you to, you know, make precautions so that doesn't happen. You know what right. I mean? But by not knowing, how many people are there that maybe don't know that could be HIV positive? Oh. Or carry you something know, else, like HPV. And not only that, but um, H. <laughs> HIV is actually protected under the um, Americans with Disabilities Act. So I'm 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 going to be excited to see um to see to see how how this plays out. Well, the AIDS Law Project of PA um you know obviously took the case on. Good. Good so. because um so so um for those of you who are just tuning in um this I'm Jeremy Dunn and the guy who is just speaking is my well that's just the other guy that you can um just call him as the <laughs> other guy. So um actually I did that for for somebody's benefit who is actually I think listening on his cell phone um using through through his iPhone and he's listening now in the bar and he's his name is Jeremy he's he's out in Seattle. Hey Jeremy, just saying hey. Hope hope you're um working good, working hard and uh you enjoy the talk show tonight. So so anyway, so other guy, what else were you talking about? <laughs> um let's see, what else did I want to bring up um that was ha- Have you seen this documentary um Sex in an Epidemic? No. Yeah, well, I haven't either and I was hoping that you have. Um but it is going to be on HBO. So I do want to bring it up if you haven't seen it and maybe you have HBO. Let me just go to my page real quick and, and grab the, the times that it's going to be on. If you have uh, DirecTV, you can actually um, on Tuesday night the 13th, this Tuesday at 3 a.m. on DirecTV channel 547 and then again on Saturday the 17th at 12.10 a.m. on channel 548. Um, they are uh, playing you know, the movie and it's 
it's, it's, there's a trailer that's posted on the Pause AM radio show page that people can check out. And, and you know, it's obviously talking about HIV AIDS. And I, in parts that I saw in the trailer, um, it's like, you know, talking about the early days and how things were, were carried through. And I know um, Richard Berkowitz, who was on the show before, um, is, is in there talking. So it, it's definitely something that you want to check out. Awesome. I just wish I, I, I would have been able to see it. Before well, you're a slacker. That's all it is. <laughs> I try. I try. Robert Brining is a slacker, everybody. Bobby B. Bobby B. is the slackerish. Bobby B. I should change my name to Bobby B. That would be like more radio style. <laughs> Bobby B. and, and Jeremy D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like Bobby B. better because Jeremy D. just doesn't work quite well. <laughs> No, we have to come up with something new. We have to come up with something different for that. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But I like our guest. Yeah, our guest, our guest is on the line. So oh, oh, oh! And guess and, 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 and wait, wait on. before before we do that. Yeah. Um, our listeners, um, we want to let everybody know that this is our 200th episode. This is our 200th show. Yeah. And um, this is kind of a a huge uh, huge milestone for us. Don't you think? Yes, I'm very, very excited that we are, are here doing this, and it's and it's kind of cool that it, you know it, it's with you that I have you on tonight with me. So I'm kind of you know it I all know. worked out perfect because so. because you know I, if I remember correctly, I was there when it all started. Yes, you were, girl. Yeah, this is <laughs> girlfriend. You know who it was? Subscribe, baby. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm sorry, I, I, I got sidetracked there for a minute because I saw the number 200 and, and then it was us. And, and I feel like, you know, we're like MASH or something, you know, who had 200 right. episodes or whatever. Right, I want somebody to like roll out a cake, the big 200 cake that we can cut ourselves. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We need to do that. <laughs> you know, like they did on Oprah or whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> to tonight's guest, um, we're going to be speaking with at- – Aaron Stella, who was um, raised in Augusta, Georgia, and in Alabama. After moving to Philadelphia when he was 19 years old, he attended Temple University and graduated with a degree in English and business. After college, he became a journalist and wrote for several publications in Philadelphia, including the PGN, which is the Philadelphia Gay News. And on July 1st, 2010, he was diagnosed with HIV. Um, so please help me uh, welcome Aaron Stella. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, what? we got you. I, I think so. Can you can you say that a little louder, please? Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Is it uh, is it down too low? Well? <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Good. You know, it, oh, okay. it, so so Aaron, I'm gonna kind of make fun of you now because you're kind of like my mother when she gets on the phone. <laughs> Jeremy, are you there? <laughs> yes, mom. It's, it's a phone. It's not two cans and a string. You don't have to scream into it. But I are you know, okay? I, I mean, I just want to talk to you. Is everything okay? Of course, it doesn't sound like that. Oh, I I know. I I project my voice. I've been I've been criticized by some of my friends as saying, you know, we just gotta set the the phone on the table, and it's not even on speaker, and we can hear you just fine. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a loudmouth altogether. I, I just I have to be heard, and you know, if I'm not if I'm not, I'm just gonna raise the volume. So it's it's a bad habit, but I I accept it. And that's that's fun. <laughs> well, because you know what we can do, we have the controls over here to mute you. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I wish you could carry around one of those things. That would be so useful. Wouldn't like, that be great? Oh man, that would be awesome. So, so if you if you start screaming too loud, we're just gonna hit the little mute button. You'll be talking. <laughs> Nobody will hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Just uh, use it at your liberty. Whatever you think. <laughs> okay, do it now. Do it now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I, well, we uh, haven't had you yet. Oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> I know, a little dinner and dancing first, right? <laughs> exactly, and a kiss on the cheek. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm here in my Tennessee home, uh, my boyfriend's place. It's one of these cooler nights here. I'm sure that, you know, Faulkner or, uh, gosh, who's the other guy? Mark Twain would have described this in Puck Finn or something like that. It's a good night, and the two hound dogs are asleep next beside me, so this is quite a good setting. Um, <laughs> wow, really? You you have hound dogs? Yeah, we have two hound dogs. 
Jet and Flo, Jessamine Flossum. They're quite adorable and hellraisers, and that's all I'm going to say about the dogs. I'm not somebody who talks about them. I might dress up my dogs in drag every now and then, but... You know, I'm not going to talk about them any more than that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you have to. They're, they're like our children. You need to talk about them every now and then. But we'll come back That's to them true. in a second. <laughs> I, I'm not going to let you – we, we have to talk about them. It's it's the law. When you have it's dogs, you have to talk about them. Right. If you don't have kids, then you got to talk about the dogs. That's right. That's right. We, well, so we don't talk about real children here. We do talk about our four-legged friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, because uh, Jeremy's not a big fan of kids. No. Right, I heard. I'm like, Jeremy, your your comments on Newt Gingrich are enlightening and uh, and uh, earth shattering. <laughs> That's what I call them, earth shattering. Um, I just watched a little oh, uh, some hot spots from the GOP debate from oh. the other evening. Um, Newt Gingrich hawking himself as a historian. Um, and oh gosh, I don't know if we can swear on TV here, but God, what just you a, can. What you a, can. What a damn idiot, man! Like I, anyway, I would have, I, I would have said dipshit, but that's okay. I think I did a triple shot of tequila when I heard him speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. but yeah, that's that was one thing. I also I heard about that thing in Hershey. I got an email about that with the uh, kid being um, declined from attending the school for being positive. Right. Um, which that's it's. Kind of interesting on the note of saying, you said, Rob, that people who don't know that they might be positive at school or don't even know what it is, this could be very good information for them. Um, right. I had I had an article that I wrote um, after I had an exchange with my sister on my birthday, actually. Um, she called me up to wish me happy birthday, and she had told me that she had been taking down my columns I was posting to her Facebook page uh, because she didn't want the campers that she was a counselor to um, in a summer camp that she, you know, goes to every summer, or their parents to be seeing these columns that I was writing. Um, so, you know, I know I talk at times somewhat graphically about bareback sex and threesomes and stuff of that nature, but it's not like I'm painting some, you know, dramatic and juicy portrait of what it's like to have gay sex. Um, right. This, this caused quite a bit of friction between us, and I remember the next uh, column is all about talking about parents. Uh, if you, you know, don't expose your kids to just the realities that are out there, talk to them about sex, you're doing net harm to them. No question about it. Um, anyways, when you were talking about the Hershey incident, I, I immediately thought, yeah, again, this is just another case where it's like we are not, <laughs> not encouraging people to become sexual deviants. It's like, no. Right. It's education. And hopefully the end they can learn to be more compassionate. You know what I mean? Towards other mm-hmm. people of other lifestyles who have different ailments. There's plenty of straight people who won't sleep with somebody who has cancer, just for that matter, and that's not sexually transmitted. Right. It's just, oh. It's, yeah. No, I was going to make a really off-color remark, but I won't. That that one oh, is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> cancer, you know, the big C, you just can't. You, you, you can't joke about that. Right. Well, you can, right. but, but, oh, golly, golly, okay. Right. It's easier to joke on, about something when you have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, boys and girls, listeners, Aaron, this is a first for me. I actually pressed the pause button and didn't blurt something out that I could have. Right. <sighs> I've grown up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So tell me, tell me, Aaron. Um, I I, I want to just jump jump kind of right into all of this because I've been reading up on a lot of your on some of your um, articles that you've been uh, that you've been writing about. Mm. And um, I read your article on HIV in the new millennium. You know, disclosure part one, part two, the bareback thing. What made you decide to um, just kick the door down? And and just kick that HIV closet door off the hinges and start talking about it in this kind of a public forum. Well, um, I guess I, this has sort of been a habit throughout my whole life, where I've I've felt that this is a, a surefire way to get through tough experiences. Um, in my mind, when I don't know what to do, I'm like I'm just going to be 100% honest and hope for the best, even if it bites me in the ass. And 
uh, when I was 15 and I finally learned what the word gay was, I came completely out of the closet and I was thrown out of the Alabama School of Fine Arts for it and um, eventually out of my home. And then when I found out I was positive, um, God, I mean, you know, I, I experienced apathy for the first time in my life, just feeling like the world was completely shrink-wrapped and removed and untouchable for me. But then that very day, I went and I told three of my friends. I told my boss at work. And for the next month, I just kind of went on this, like, exposure campaign and said it to everybody. And the more people I told it to, the better I felt about it, um, whether they liked what they heard or not. And I just, um, you know, the next year, I thought, you know what? PGN doesn't have an HIV columnist. And I'm like, I really, really want to, like, write about this. And I've had so many conversations with people about, you know, they'll, they'll go and talk to their counselors or they'll talk to HIV specialists. Through, I mean, we have several organizations in Philadelphia. We're very, very fortunate. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I want to write something colloquial, statistic-free, for the most part. And it's just completely to the point about what people, I think, want to talk about and hear about. So I did. I pitched the idea to the editor, um, and they liked it. And other people... Well, when I say other people liked it as well, people responded. I've had a lot of dissenters and people who don't, uh, you know, don't agree with me, but that's the best part. I feel like people have actually been talking about this stuff, which has been my intent. So that's kind of the reason why. I just, like, somebody's got to do it, so shit, I guess I'll do it. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome because the people are having a conversation that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be having whether they're disagreeing with you or not. They're still having the conversation. Exactly, exactly. And and that's, I mean, even again, even the people who disagree, like they're the ones that come up with extremely good points, and they refine the way that I and others may talk about this so that it's better and more effective, and I think intriguing to people. Um, and you know, it's it's one of those things where. There's a lot of things that we can talk about in our daily lives. And as we bandy about, you know, over a beer or a coffee or whatnot, and it's just I feel like at this point that there are certain things that we, certain things about HIV that we could talk about that are not only just good on an educational level, but they're actually interesting. And they make for good debates. And that, to me, is like that's the most valuable form of conversation in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it seems like that's, taking effect, and I mean, I get, oh, gosh, I get um, probably, I'd say, about four to six emails per article. Um, after the barebacking one, I got 10-plus emails from people. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> barebacking brings out the worst and the best in people. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's. It it really you know bear, if you want to get a a something you really want to stir the pot just say yep. bareback sex yep <laughs> sit back and and put your feet up and watch it go <laughs> actually on that note I started saying something um gosh uh, towards the end of my stay in Philly and I brought it down here with me so when I think like somebody's like joking with me or they're being cute and you know sometimes people say oh you're pulling my chain. I'm like, oh, no, you're just barebacking me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know, a little off-color, uh, but I enjoy so, it. So, so let's, let's stay on the subject of bareback for a minute, for just a minute. Sure. What, what always gets, gets me is mm. that when gay men have unprotected sex, it's called barebacking. When right. heterosexual people have unprotected sex, it's simply that, unprotected sex. Right. Right. Is there a that, double standard? Yeah. Well, it, double standards are always um, always just semantically interesting because in this case, barebacking obviously sounds so much more juicier and deviant than, like, unprotected sex. Doesn't you know, it? You sound, like an, you sound like an Enlightenment era scientist sort of, like, you know, you know, doling out statistics of the age or something like that. That um, or, or... You are actually a a cowboy who likes to have sex with horses. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it, it, you see, and it's I'm, I I think that and even I mean still it's the same thing. 
fornication or sodomy. Same thing. There's oh. a there's a double standard. There's no. It's not all just wrapped into the realm of like oh having sex or lovemaking or doing whatever. It's yeah that you have a double standard where it's called bareback sex with gay men, and I honestly don't know where that came from. I um, I'm assuming that that arose from uh, after you know the AIDS epidemic really like it hit the states, and I I I think unprotected sex was used for a while, but then barebacking. Um, was used again. It's it's kind of alluring. Like when you hear it, I think we can all sort of admit that there's that small, primal part of your brain that kind of clicks on. It's like, oh yes, it sounds really great. Not gonna lie. It's that's at least that's my reaction. And um, uh, it's that, that's why I find that term interesting. I think it's interesting that people demonize it. Um, and I honestly hear the word barebacking more often than I hear unprotected sex, especially um, in circles of homosexual men. Oh, absolutely, right. and right. because what do you when you go out onto, um, for example, and I'm going to pick on Manhunt because hmm. um, because Manhunt, you know, you get and I and I love Manhunt for for this. Um, they actually have, you know, do you use condoms and blah 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 blah, and right, you will you will read people's. Uh, Monikers, their yeah. handles, if you will, and it's bareback this or bareback that or bare, you know, right. And then, then you read their, um, then you read their profile, and it mm. says, "Are you HIV positive?" No, I'm negative. So my, what's always interesting to me is that they will ask somebody, "Are you HIV negative?" Yes. Okay, then let's bareback. Right. Wait, yes. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Wait. Wait. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what's what's your take on that? Because I, I I loved your article about it because I think you you did hit a couple of pardon the puns nails on the head with this. But um, <laughs> you know, um, but for those who haven't read your articles, I, I you know, what is your take on it? Um, for and specifically referring to the like people who say that they're negative yet they'll bear back and and this sort of like dichotomy or I, it's more like a I mean it's, uh, I'll tell you this is my take on it I think um, so I posted my positive status on Manhunt um, after I found out I was positive I kept my profile I received more. Um, solicitations from people who said that they were HIV negative than who said they were positive. And always, 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 I would email them back and say, hey, yeah, it'd be cool to meet up. You're really hot. Let me just point out that I'm positive in case you didn't notice. I'd say at least 85% of them email me back saying, oh, I'm positive. Yeah. And yeah, yeah this, is no, this is no mystery to us, right? This has happened all across the board. Anybody, you know, I, yep. yeah. Um, so the, I don't ask any questions after that, and the reason why is because, well, what do you think? I think that it's again, oh man, it's so tough to say. I don't really just like say that all these people are just too ashamed to say that they're positive. I honestly think that they don't want to um, subtract any possible hot hookups that they might get online by saying that they're positive. Right. I think that's, I honestly think that that's it. And I, 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 you know, and that's, that's why I asked you the question because that's what I think too. I think, um, folks, I think men in particular put so much emphasis and so much focus on sex that, Mm. um, that it becomes their number one and number one and their number one, um, goal. Versus, yes. you know, let's meet, let's have coffee, let's, you know, it's. When was the last time that any of us, <laughs> when, when we were at. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be very, very, very true. When did we ever get first names? Huh. Right? Right. I so mean, it, we don't even get first names. We go to a bathhouse. You don't even get first names, let alone a look in the face. It's 
You know, just mm. roll over, bite the pillow, and have fun. Right. Did I just give too much information out about me? <laughs> oh, honey, we're all in the same boat together. <laughs> right? I mean, but, but you're bringing – that's a very good point. Now, at the same time, I do not in any way – oh, gosh, this is tough to say. You know, you know, guys, um, guys it's – there are some of these topics that I've, like, wrestled with my head and I think over and Often when I write the columns, it's usually halfway through that I think about some sort of conclusion because that's how I work it out in my head. I have to write it all out first to then look at it, examine the parts, and think about it. So with this subject, like you said, like getting first names or men just seeking out the sex, um, what was I? Oh, yeah, there was a great documentary. I think it's just called Penis or This Is My Penis or something like that. I can't remember. It wasn't made too long ago. Um, and there is an F to M gal on there, or guys should say, and uh, he's talking about how, you know, when he started getting his testosterone, um, it is a really powerful hormone, like supremely more powerful than any of the, you know, having for most of his life estrogen flowing throughout his body, and can understand how, why, you know, men they would go on to manhunt or go out and they're prowling about and they want to just fuck, and that's what they want to do. So... It's, it makes sense that we've had these poems like Manhunt or, you know, BBRT, um, where, you know, just, again, meeting up in a bathhouse and people are just going absolutely apeshit because they're, they're being driven. And it's, it's not only that, but it's deviant. That's the big part. It's a bad thing to do. It's like telling a child to sit in the corner of the room and all he wants to do is run around more. Um, and that's something I address in a lot of my calls, too, is the demonization of sex, which I think is a giant contributor, if not the fuel behind the stigma for HIV and then for deviant, and then for unsafe sexual practices. Well, that's part of the fun of it. You know, the, the other thing is it's the science behind all of it, right? Now, this is where I start to bore, Bo- uh, start to bore Bobby B. <laughs> you were going to say that. When I bring up the science part of it. By the way, I wanted to rec- uh, remind everybody that we are at the bottom of the hour. It is 9.32, and um, we're going to be opening up the lines here in about five or ten minutes. And, oh, um, gotcha. <laughs> and, Sorry, I'm still long-winded sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the bottom of the hour. We're talking with Aaron Stella, and we're talking about um, – his uh, story, living with HIV, and um, <clears throat> his his articles that he writes for the uh, Philadelphia Gay News. So, um, so Aaron, yeah. So what you know, what I was talking about earlier is is that the, the science behind all of this is that men, that humans, human, mm-hmm. the human animal, if you will, we're not meant to be monogamous. No, we're not. And and yeah, that's that's a really hard thing to wrap our heads around, is that biologically and naturally speaking, um, men, regardless of sexual orientation, are are primarily driven um, to go out and screw. Hmm. I mean, it, 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 that's the part that's part of our chemical makeup. It's part of our biology, and yeah. and I and I think what also happens a lot. Um, is that when we force our, ourselves into um, cu- coupling off and trying to stay with the same person for you know fa- a thousand years, is that that's when w- when you fight the primal and you fight that that um, that whole that whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you get into trouble. Yeah, you're gonna lose somehow. You're yep. either gonna you're either gonna cheat, quote unquote, or you're gonna yep. be really unhappy. Right. So it is. You know, it's always been my philosophy is you know whatever partner you have, or whatever partner, how many partners you might have, is you have to be honest and talk about those things. And and that's you got to start peeling away um, the the stigma of because, you know, there's two stigmas that we're dealing with. We're dealing with um, the HIV stigma, but you're also dealing with the stigma of being sexually active. Right. That's hugely important. Yeah, so. Very, very, very true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a double attack. 
a double whammy for people to wrap their heads around. Yeah. Mm. So there, there, there's another good article for you, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the help on that. Seriously, it's yeah. always you know, I want to keep things interesting, and that's a very, you know, a good point. I just want to point out, like, think about how many times you can masturbate and come in a single day if you really put yourself to the test. You could. Oh, I have. Yes. <laughs> so I have. And and let me tell you, there was one day that I came out and I think my record was ten and my yep. poor little penis well not little penis, my poor penis. <laughs> um <laughs> there's nothing little about it, might I add. Um oh my which, Lord. Is, which is why I'm normally a bottom because most men <laughs> see it and really run scared. Um <laughs> I'm honest. I, I I can share. I can I can say these things, and um, but uh, preach it. Yeah, you know, preach it, baby, preach it. Um, <laughs> but it, it was rubbed raw, you know, because I was, right. you know, it, especially when you're and and so Aaron, you're what, twenty five? Uh, twenty six. Okay. <sighs> Just another child. Um, so <laughs> from from the ages of. All of us men understand this. When we're 18, actually probably when we're about 15, so we're about 28, yes. We all we want to do is touch ourselves or stick our dicks in something wet and moist. Yes. Oh, and, yes. You, you know, and so because it's we're, we're horny, we're, we're constantly, and, and, and I will tell you that does kind of taper off as you get a little older. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not much, but a little bit. <laughs> oh gosh. So anyway, let me uh let me just curb conversation a little bit. Um I wanna talk a little bit about Aaron, when you were diagnosed with HIV, um we you know, we, we touched on your articles. I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like for you. What made you go get tested? Was it something you um, did on a regular basis or I am um, Temple University was great where they actually um they called me every three months. Um, and they said, you know, you're scheduled to come in for an HIV test. Um, it's not a service that they, like, offered up front, but I just asked them to do it. Um, and so they get, I was tested pretty often. Um, I didn't get the rapid test. I did one where you, like, you waited a couple of days and they called you. Um, and then I started going down to uh, the Washington West Project, um, down uh, 12th and Locust. Um, right. And uh, I was down, where was I this time? I went to get a. I was just doing a doctor's appointment actually, to uh, look at some. Uh, what was I dealing with at the time? Um, I had some. I think it was hemorrhoids I was dealing with at that point in time, and they needed to be taken care of. Um, and that's a real funny story about how they had to burn them off and all sorts of other stuff. And my ass was literally smoking during that operation. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, the smell of burning flesh, burning asteroids, as I like to call them. Um, Anyways, I went there, and I said, you know what? I haven't done an HIV test in, like, six months. I need to do this. Um, and I got the test, and they came back, and they said I was, you know, came back positive. I thought they were joking. I thought this was some sort of, like, test that they do to, like, measure people's reactions, and I really didn't believe it. Um, but when, you know, the doctor I saw said, no, I'm, I'm, we don't do that, and I'm not joking with you. It... I dropped my cell phone on the floor and was like, oh, shit. I had braced myself every single time I got tested for so, for news like this. Um, I, I'd say I used condoms maybe 25% of the time. Um, I just, and I can go on and on about why I don't like them. Um, but regardless right. of that, heard the news. They let me call one person who they knew I could trust and would be supportive. And I called my best friend. Um, and... Uh, he couldn't believe it either, but he was extremely supportive. And, you know, I had my good cry, and I started walking towards my work, which is about 20 blocks away. Um, and it was like it was like walking through a very, like a, a video game almost. Like a programmer had programmed this world around me, and nothing was real. Everything was completely imaginary. Um, I'm just this little avatar walking around this just engineered world. I, I I think I like felt like I lost my hearing. Like just nothing was coming through distinct sounds. It was really it was apathy. 
that's what it was. Mm -hmm. The the light of the soul had completely shut down, and I felt like shit. I wasn't even thinking about what I was going to do. It was just like my body was just telling me to walk. So, yeah. You were on autopilot. Autopilot, exactly. It was autopilot. And and like I said, I I told my my boss. um, I called the guy who I... um, was pretty damn sure I got it from, and it turned out that, you know, it was, and um, he went to the, the clinic the next day, um, and I mean, I wasn't upset, I'm like, you know what, man, it takes two to tango, and we kind of vowed to stick with each other, and to support each other, um, and he was really big about it, um, and from there, I mean, there were, I think the only people who got really upset were people who I had slept with within the past year and a half. Um, however, they determined my infection date. I caught it really early, to be only like a month and a half since the time I got tested. And um, that was, the, the, that was I think, the only quote-unquote haters I ran into. And, you know, that's, that's where I started sort of conceiving this, like, narrative about HIV-positive people compared to HIV-negative people as being... You know, they're this sort of angelic elite, the sort of the clean and the pure, obviously, against the fallen angels of HIV-positive people. And what that sort of sorrow is like, to think of yourself as being undesirable and as potentially always unloved. Mm. Right. However, that's odd, obviously, that's not how things are. I am in the best, I am in a relationship that has completely changed my life. My boyfriend's HIV negative, um, and he's fucking amazing. He's absolutely amazing, and it's not because he—it's not because he accepts me for my status. It just doesn't make a difference to him. Right. And he totally supports everything I do with writing this column, talking to you guys right now, and that's getting there and just accepting this. I mean, every, you people—it's different for everybody. But, anyways, again, Jesus, I'm so. <laughs> Oh, long-winded with these. Uh, yeah, you're totally fine. Yeah, no, that's so why that's... it's called a talk show, Aaron. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, when I'm writing, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a, a general when it comes to like words. Like word count, I consider like casualties to me in fighting a battle. Like I've got this many words, I can say that many, and that's it. <laughs> when I'm talking, it's free grazing. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, that, yeah. We've all been put out to pasture. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it is. And you know, I just on a sort of final note on that, I just got an email from somebody who's HIV negative who read my most recent article about handling threesomes in a stereo-discordant relationship, and they actually were saying how they connected a lot with this. Yet they're HIV negative, and just talking about again working with self-esteem, working with selectivity, um, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Having HIV is another type of sorrow that a lot of people have in this world, whether they're positive or not. And that, for some reason, that thought keeps me warm at night. It kind of unites me with the rest of humanity as a cosmic whole and makes me feel welcomed, whether others welcome me or not. I know that it's true, and nobody can say otherwise. I agree. You know, your your articles are, are, are really important because they're setting a lot of conversations. As you know, the group that I go to, um, at the Mazzoni Center, we read your articles, you know, on a regular basis. She always has them handing out to us, and and you have a lot of fans, I have to say. Um, really, you know, as a group, yeah, a lot of people who, uh, yeah, who are who are raving fans of yours, who really, you know, appreciate you writing the articles. Now, you continue to do this, right? This is something you do. Every, is it every week? Um, it's every month. Actually. I was going to say because every week, I don't know how you would be able to do that. <laughs> well, it, yeah, that, that would be tough. That'd definitely be tough. Um, once a month, I think, works good. It gives me time to think about what I want to get down and to create something that's going to be unique. Um, if I was going to do once a week, I would want to tackle, like, more localized issues in Philadelphia. Um, but this this works good. I'm glad to hear people are liking this. That makes me feel great. It's, you know, yeah, I, definitely sparking conversations that are, you know, People walk on eggshells around. Um, I do want to open the line, so uh, real quick, if you'd like to give us a call here at the show at 
215-9442 and press the number one so we know you want to come on air with your questions or comments for us at the show or Aaron. Um, Jeremy, did you have something you wanted to say real quick? No. <laughs> I thought you were. Are you still playing soccer, Aaron? Um, I'm, I'm not, actually. Um, but I might start doing rugby down here. Um, uh, there's, that's actually where my boyfriend is tonight. He's out for the rugby Christmas party um, for the Nashville, uh, the Nashville team. I might do soccer. I'm still trying to, like, uh, take care of some financial things, and once I have some more free time, then I think I'll definitely get back into it. I am, however, doing CrossFit with the most gorgeous man I think I've ever seen in my life. This person, I had to bite my tongue practically to the point of bleeding so I wasn't blushing. <laughs> As he slapped his hands around and trying to, you know, instructing us and just like, oh, my God, like, would you just stop? <laughs> um so, you know, if I, you know, it, it's going to be hard to tear myself away from that to be soccer, I admit. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Right, right. Um, so what are you, you doing now out in Tennessee? You're like, what's it like living with HIV in Tennessee? Are the services good there? You know, how's the um, support? That's a good question. Philadelphia is a golden city. I'll just tell you that much. Um, I didn't have to worry about anything about getting my meds taken care of. Down here, um, there's a lot of people who are HIV positive, who either they are wealthy enough to afford their own insurance, or they are, they, uh, you know, uh, they're freelancers pretty much for the fact that they can write off things in their taxes and make under the required amount so they can be on the Ryan White Act. Um, right. So the, the National Cares is the, uh, the big HIV AIDS um, uh, servicer down here, and they are wonderful. They are they're real crusaders. They fight really hard. They're excellent people. Um, their services uh, resemble a lot of, say, like what Mazzoni offers. Um, mm-hmm. I think that their big thing is that, you know, they just, there's very few out positive people in Nashville. In fact, in all honesty, I think I'm the only one that I know about. I don't know anybody else who's, like, publicly positive. In that sense, I'm trying to think oh. who else is from Tennessee. Is it Marvin Brown from Tennessee? Uh, Marvin Brown? Yeah. Um, who who is Marvin Brown? Marvin Brown. I don't know if oh. she's in. I don't know where she's at. I think she's in Tennessee. Maybe she's. Yeah, I think she is. I really do. I thought that's where she was originally from. At least that's what she writes about in her book. I thought. Oh, sure. Huh. You might want to check her out. She's cool. Yeah, I definitely will. I mean. Caution. In all honesty, like, to meet other positive people, um, I have had to, I've honestly made a, a, a profile on Manhunt. That's what I had to do. Um, and I, you know, talked to my boyfriend about it. I'm like, I both want the opportunity to, like, be able to meet other positive people um, and also sexually interact if I want to, um, which he's, you know, very fine with. And, again, we have a very, you know, sturdy good relationship. Again, Jeremy, as you were talking about, you know, having those conversations with your lover, your yep. partner, about, hey, these are what my needs are. This is what I'm wired to do. Um, and it's only increased the integrity of our relationship. But, yeah, guys, that's, I had to make a profile on Manhunt to meet other positive people. Wow. Yeah, yeah because so it, they, you would, because what I've found, what's interesting is that there's a safety there's a safety net of being just a t- chest or a cock shot on manhunt and mm. um and having that anonymity there versus going into some place into a room and sitting with other positive people and looking at them in the face yes wow um yeah. because then you're not anonymous anymore and now people can watch you going in and out of the place so it's yeah. you know it, there's this weird Maybe it's a dichotomy, you know, of, you know what, we really want to be out. We really want to meet other positive people, but we're too afraid to actually go and meet them in, in more conventional methods. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's And this this whole cloak and dagger thing, I mean, you know what, I get it. I really get it. And I was, I was extremely fortunate to have the group of friends that I had. And from... Um, 
and, and my mom, who is extremely supportive, and then, you know, to have the boyfriend I have now, I am fucking lucky. And not everybody has that. And imagine if you're, you know, you're positive and you got to, like, and you already have other issues you're dealing with that affect right. your self-esteem. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> so and when you add... Right. When you add the self-esteem issues and you add, you know, because once you get onto some of the HIV medications, um, they can increase your anxiety levels, can cause severe depression. I mean, there's all of these things that, that culminate. And in, in you get to this point of, I don't think I can handle this. I'm not sure where I can go from here. And, and it, it is. It becomes a very difficult emotional um road to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, tell us about what you're doing now. Living my life and everything. Yeah, there was the two old hippies. Right. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, I, so when I came down here, I mean, I, again, I have incredible boyfriend, and I just, I wanted to be together with him. It was just the right thing to do. Um, I had to follow my heart, and I did it, and I came down here. There were some good opportunities in Nashville, and I found a company called Two Old Hippies. <laughs> they are a hippie chic clothier and world-class guitar shop, um, and I, you know, went in. I'm now their webmaster and ad writer, and I basically handle their web store, and I and creating, basically trying to create an appealing place for people to buy clothing and guitars. Um, but what's really what's really cool about this, uh, they were the first people, aside from people who I already knew here in Nashville, a lot of my workers, I was able to tell all of them that I was, like, HIV positive, and they provide excellent health care um, through uh, the organization there, which is great, and it's smaller. Um, the owners are incredible and very loving good people, but I just, that's pretty much what I do for the time being. Uh, I never thought I would get into retail or do something like this, um, especially, you know, having most of my experience in journalism, but, you know, journalism is uh, not exactly in the greatest state right now. Right. What, what's going on? So I have no problem with, you know, expanding what marketable skills I can use to get, to make a living. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, I want to keep writing the columns that I do and, you know, provide a, uh, a life for myself where I can interact with people and live how I want to. So it's, yeah, that's kind of how things are now. Um, I'm also, do you guys know the Radical Fairies, by the way? Watch your what? mouth. <laughs> what did you say? What? what? Huh? What? Sorry. Huh? So, did that just <laughs> come out of me? The Radical Fairies? Yeah. I, I've actually heard of them. Wait a minute. Yes. Before we before we go into that, I have a caller on the line, so I just want to bring them on because we're winding down to the last couple minutes. Are we really? Okay. Look at that. We are. Wow. Yes. Area oh, code four two three. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Brett. I'm calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hey. Oh. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Um, we've also got a, a similar organization in Chattanooga called Chattanooga Cares, and that's where I get all of my resources. Uh, I go through the health department for the Ryan White funding for my meds, and uh, uh, it's a great organization. But so like you said, it's very, very hard. It's not so hard to come out as being gay, but coming out as being HIV positive in Tennessee is very difficult, but there's just not many people that do that. Um, no. I've often thought that I would like to do it, but I don't want to be a target. Um mm. It's just people's mentality in the South being the Bible Belt is a lot different. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, that's just my perspective of it from from the area that I live in. Um, I wish it was more support groups and other things like that where more people participated. I do participate in support groups here, but um, we only have one once a month in average about five or six people at the most and uh, it, it's definitely a big problem and people just don't want other people finding out yeah so it's it's not just in uh nashville it's, it goes across the state yeah it does. Uh, 
I really appreciate you giving me a chance to talk on the air. It makes me feel good to be around other people that, that know what I'm going through. Um, I had a, a large oak tree fall on my house over Labor Day weekend, and uh, I've been living in a hotel since September. Uh, insurance is paying for me to stay in a hotel. Um, I was floral designer by trade, and uh, with the economy the way it is, I've since returned to school to try to get something in a computer IT field. But um, a couple months ago, my mom found out she has stage four bone cancer, and uh, she's getting chemo treatments, but we don't know how long she's going to be with us. So uh, I've had a lot on my plate. Brent, well, you said that was over. You said that was over Labor Day weekend. Yes. Yeah, my no, mom's house is wrecked as well. Yeah, it, it's awful. Um, I know. My son, I I was married for a short time before I came out, and my son and his wife were there, asleep in the living room on the sofa bed, and the entire ceiling came down on them, and they weren't hurt. It's just a miracle. Um, I thank wow. God every day that they're safe. Um, but I, as soon as I found out, I was positive. I went immediately to my son and my parents and I told them and they've been nothing but supportive. So uh, luckily I've got good family and I've got a lot of good friends that I have made through going to Chattanooga Cares. Um, friends that I wouldn't have otherwise. And same with the Pause AM page. Um, being a member of that, uh, it just, you don't feel quite so alone. I think it's a wonderful thing you're doing, Robert. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nick, and thank you for calling in, and we'll keep you and, and, and your mom in our prayers and, and hope everything mm, works out for so you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk. Not a Jeff problem, Walt. Have a good night. Yeah, I'll tell you. All right, and one thing I also wanted to bring up to your attention, Aaron, you know, we uh, I run a social network for people with HIV, too, um, called Pause I Am, and I just searched on it now, and we have 65 members on the site that are from Tennessee, just so you know. Wow. And wow. there are some people in your area who are pretty big and out about living with HIV, and the one that comes to mind right away is uh, Cowboy Larry. Cowboy so, Larry. Um, yeah, um, I can hook you up with his. Uh, Larry Frampton is his name. Um, I can I can uh, hook you up with information, but I mean, it's definitely there's people there, so you're not that alone out there. <laughs> well, that's that's really great to hear, and I would appreciate that. That would that would be huge for me. Um, yeah, he's very big into speaking, and, and he travels a lot. So I think that would be a good, uh, you know, person for you to hook up with and, um, you know, talk to. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rob. That's that would be that would be great, actually. Um, um, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about, real quick, is uh, what's going on with Philly Broadcaster? Is that still something that you're working with, or Philly um, Philly Broadcaster? I um, actually shut down. Because okay. I was trying to run it from afar, and we were trying to expand, and it just became something way too large for us to right. work with um, at this time. And, you know, working a full-time job now, and then also trying to be an editor-in-chief, um, I, you know, I think that I, I like to think I'm kind of a giant when it comes to, you know, getting work done and stuff like that. But it's um, it was something we had to sort of, like, put on hold for the time being. And still there. And apparently people still come to the site quite often. Um, it's too bad because I'd love to see it keep working. But, you know, if ever I sort of find somebody else to start it back up, I'd be happy to hand it over to them. Um, yeah, as I said, it was just – it was a lot to work with, and we were, we had a, a good idea. Uh, it's just it's – it's tough in this sort of uh, the state we have in the country right now, especially for new journalism and A&E market in Philadelphia. But yeah. it was a good it was a good run. It's a really yeah. good run. I was really happy with it. I just wanted to ask about it because I remember uh, you talking about it when, um, you know, uh, we spoke before. So um, we're down actually to the last minute, Aaron. So I want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with us for the hour. Um, thank you. People can find you where? Can they? Are you on Twitter? Um, where do you want people to find you? They can just search Aaron Still on Facebook. I'm, they can find me on there. Um, I do need to make my own Twitter account. I have a Philly Broadcaster account, but that's. Um, that's uh, going to be deactivated. Uh, but at this time, um, yeah, they can find me on Facebook or they can email me at millennialpause at gmail.com. There you go. Well, thanks, Aaron, for hanging out with us, and have a good night, man. Thank you. You too. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. This is great.
Lots of fun. All right. Down to the last couple of seconds. So remember, uh, next week um, we will be here again on Sunday at 9 p.m. You can find more information on the fabulous Jeremy Dunn at PositivelySpeaking.com. Go read his new blog. And uh, more information on myself and the show at pauseim.com. And, and I just have, well, before, before, yeah. we go go, before we go, one, one quick little announcement is tomorrow is International Douchebag Awareness Day. So check it out on Facebook. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. Remember, folks, you can join us next week, Sunday, December 18th at 9 p.m., when Robert and Jack McEnroth will be speaking with Bishop Joyce Turner Keller, who will be asking, where are you at? Again, information on our show is that can be found at www.pausim.com. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.